So, Graham, um, I'm sure you'll get plenty of quarterback questions, but let's start with just the offense installation in the spring. Did you get everything you wanted done? And then retention to the fall. How has that been? Yeah, I think we're way ahead of from just from a installation and a understanding standpoint. I don't know, way ahead of where you'd expect to be, but what definitely way ahead of where we're in the spring. Um, the guys did a great job getting working in the summer, whether we were around or not. And so, um, you know, I think from a understanding standpoint, from knowing what to do, from under, knowing the offense, the guys are pretty far along. Uh, and so that that helps the calls. And, and we're still being obviously very basic. Uh, we have an installation schedule where you just kind of build on it, you know. And so, first time through the installation, you're going to be uh, pretty basic. And so, they should know what to do on this one. But um, I can think of very few mental errors or just busted assignments. And that that's, like I said, very encouraging. Because uh, if we just all know what we're doing, it gives us a chance, you know. And I think the key is uh, the, the more they understand, it allows them to play faster. And that's the key to, you know, I think – the way we do things and the way we install, the way we do our offense. Like, the most important thing for us is, you know, trying to really make them understand it just so we can eliminate any hesitation. Because, you know, if you recruit a fast kid and you got him hesitating, he's probably not going to be very fast anymore. And so that's called bad coaching, you know. So if you recruit a fast kid to be fast, let him be fast is kind of the thought behind it. And uh, whatever the case may be for each kid. And so, um, you know, like I said, I think they're picking it up. That's encouraging. That's allowing them to play fast. Uh, which is which is the whole point of it, and hopefully we just keep building on that. How's the timing today? I know Neil mentioned still a work in progress, at least yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that comes with like live reps. Uh, in, in the summer, they I thought they did you know they did a good job throwing with it, you know um, as often as they could and getting a lot of work together. Uh, but but when you put something in front of them, it's obviously different, and uh, the timing is going to be a little different. And so, um, I th I don't think that it's necessary. Like if you go out there on the air and you're throwing, I think oh they got pretty good timing because they've done a lot of that lately. Uh, it's just you know when when people are in front of them or you know there's different coverages, you got press, they, they throw some timing off, and that just takes time and a couple reps to get used to. And so, um, still working on it. But uh, we we have some talented dudes out there that are making some plays, which is uh, kind of what you want. Has any of um, the quarterbacks, you know, started to separate themselves? I mean, it's still it's very, very early. Um, yeah, it's, I would say it's still really early, you know, and I would agree with that. Uh, we haven't put pads on yet, and so, you know, you're still almost getting a summer workout almost, it feels like, you know. Uh, so um, I think tomorrow, obviously, when you put the pad, you at least get shoulder pads on, it'll probably be a lot different. Um, and and uh, you can really start seeing a few more things, you know, and, and – uh, cool and pads come on, the pass rush uh, ramps up a little bit. And, you know, I think that uh, Coach Brown's done an incredible job here of, like, teaching them tempos of practice and what you can do with pads and without pads. And so uh, sometimes I think they get an um, unrealistic feel of how clean the pocket is when p pads aren't on because they, you know, one, the D-line does a really good job of, of slowing up and, and not getting underneath that quarterback, uh, especially with no pads on. And so, um, like I said, when we put pads on, it'll probably uh, – be a lot more telling tomorrow. How much do you need to see before you start making um, decisions? I'm, I'm sure Frank Signetti is doing it with Keaton and Nick Patty. I mean, you're doing it with all your guys. You've got to give guys opportunities. But at some point, you need to see specific guys with specific groupings. How much of that do you need to see before you start making those decisions? 
Uh, you know, I think we're trying to do the best we can to get guys reps with all the different groupings to see what you're working with. Yeah. You know, I think that um, regardless of who you're playing with as a quarterback, your job is to make it go, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I, I've said this, probably said it here before because I've said it any time I've had a con- talked about quarterbacks is your job is to make the guys around you better. Um, and and uh, and you can see that on the football field. And, and the guy that does make the guys around them better uses the offense regardless of what group it is or who they're going with, the offense looks better, you know. And so – um, that's kind of the key, and I think, like I said, trying to get reps with as many guys as we can with, with different uh, with different guys around them. Uh, one, to let them work with different guys, and two, just to see them interact with, with each unit. Um, and then, you know, I think for us, as soon as some, you know, guys start separating themselves, you start you have to start trimming it down, you know what I mean? And so, as soon as I think you see separation, even if, you know, two separate themselves from the other ones, you know, well, okay, well, now let's move to those two and then hopefully one separates themselves from there you know and so uh when you when you see separation i think that's when it's time to start making decisions and and uh like i said trying to get as many reps as we can with as many groups as we can to to, to create that Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I love to throw the football. Don't get me wrong, but um, to to win it, to win at a really high level, I think at some point you got to be able to run the football. And uh, you know, the other thing about it is, and as a quarterback, and I play the position, it's hard to be on every night. You know what I mean? And I think that being able to run the football can take some pressure off if you're not, you know, if you're a little bit off that night or something like that. And uh, and like I said, I think that it's a, it's a critical part of the game that you, that you got to be able to do to be successful. And uh, and the other thing is, uh, you know, a lot of times the running back's the best athlete on your team, you know, and so you're crazy not to give the ball to your best athlete every now and then. It's, it's kind of the thought there too. So um, especially at North Texas, we had a really good one, Jeffrey Wilson. And uh, we, we, we rolled him really, you know, a lot. And uh, he, he's a large part of the success that program had. Uh, you know, I think that last year at SC, it was the same way we had Conte Ingram. Um, who needed touches, was really special with the football in his hand and uh, did a lot for us offensively. And so, you know, I believe in running the football. I think you got to be able to do it. Uh, there's going to be times where everyone knows you're doing it and you still got to be able to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, to finish games or in short yard situations, um, everyone in the stadium probably knows you're going to run the football. And I think there's got to be a mentality that we're going to be, be successful doing it. And so uh, I think that's important. And I think that also, the basis behind our offense and really any offense is, is um, or in my mind, what it should be is, is get your best playmakers the ball with space. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to be running the football. That's going to be throwing the football. That may be screens. Whatever the case may be, you got to find a way to get your best playmakers the ball in space and then let them go be them. And uh, so so that's where I think that, you know, we've, we, we run the ball a lot more than most. Uh, or not a lot more than most, probably a lot more than Coach Leach. But... Um, we, we believe in running the football. It's going to be a big part of what we do. I think offensively, uh, our offensive line is one of our stronger points, and so that helps in that cause. And uh, so, so we'll lean on those guys. And uh, like I said, we I think we have a chance to be special running the football, and we got to do it. You know, have, when Mike Leach hears that or how mummy, they're going to kick you out of the air raid club. <laughs> I'm probably already been... kicked out when I left him, but in his mind, no, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think the area is more of a philosophy. I don't know I've said that a lot. So, 
Um, he probably has already kicked me out, but but uh, everyone else keeps me in, and and it's more of a, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier. Just hey, get your guys to play fast and, and know what they're doing. I know Momi likes that book, the perfect pass. <laughs> well, Leach thinks quick games, run games. So, <laughs> how is JT different, or is he the same as he was a few years ago when you were working with him? Uh, you know, I think the thing about JT is he's very uh, he's very intelligent. And uh, I don't want to necessarily say unemotional, like he doesn't have any emotions, but he, he's very even keeled would probably be a better way of putting that, you know. And I think that uh, because of that, you know, coaching him, it, he doesn't change much, you know. And, and so I think he's very similar to the way he was before. Uh, like I said, he, he's always been very intelligent, understands football really well. Uh, I think maybe now he even understands a little better because he's seen a lot of stuff. And, and uh, I'm sure Georgia saw – all sorts of defenses and had all sorts of responsibilities put on him. So I think uh, he probably understands it even better now, uh, especially like, you know, from a protection standpoint, um, really understands what you're trying to do in the protection game and knows how to protect himself. But other than that, you know, he's a very similar player. Uh, like I said, he's intelligent. He knows what the defense is trying to do, knows how to make good decisions, and, um, you know, stays very even keel. Whether it's good or bad, he's just going to be right here, you know, emotionally and, and – uh, that's a lot of times a good a good quality to have as a quarterback. That's for sure. You know, not that this matters, but you know, looking at him, he's got long arms and high hips. He's got kind of a different, unique kind of a body type you don't normally see in that type of quarterback. And I'm not sure that means anything other than just looks a little unique. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's got long arms for. Unique's a good way to describe JT. Probably he's a uh, <laughs> he's a great kid and, and does a lot of things right. He. Uh, you know, the long arms probably help create, you know, a little bit more of a whipping action. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, you know, I think he has a natural, you know, his body has a natural whip to it and uh, helps spin the football. Well, three-quarter, too. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess sometimes you have to have different arm angles to – Especially now. I think the, yeah. the, the thought process probably in the last uh, – not 20, probably last 10 years or so has probably changed on that. Yeah. You know, used to, they wanted you always to throw it way over the top and be super high. Um, with the evolution of the game of football, I think arm angles have changed and throwing from different slots has become a, a positive instead of a negative. I think it used to be a negative at times with quarterbacks, and now I think that people want that and want you to be able to do that. And so um, most guys now, I think, have um, either worked on that or had to f figure out a way to throw from different, from different arm slots. Uh, just because that's part of the game now, it's changed. Dan Marino wasn't over the top. Yeah, <laughs> he he's pretty, pretty consistent though on with his uh, motion. You could he, hear uh, it before you saw it. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a gifted thrower. That's for sure. Yeah. I bet he can still throw it. Yeah. Um, how much of an advantage is it for Lugger, whatever, for you guys to have an experienced offensive line um, and have that position group being you know one of the most experienced really on your entire football team, not just the offense. I think that's a huge luxury, and I think that um, I don't really think it matters what level you're at. You know what I mean? If you were going to build a football team, you'd build it probably from, you know, the inside, you know, the, the, the lines out um, on both sides of the ball. And I think that if you look at even, you know, teams that win the Super Bowl now, uh, you can say what you want, but they're probably really dominant um, up front, you know. And uh, even, and I know it was on the defense side of the ball, but – you know, back when the Giants won their two Super Bowls, I mean, to me it was because they were great up front, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, the Rams defensive line, I think most people would argue, is probably the best, if or one of the best, if not the best defensive line in the league. 
Uh, I think same thing on the offensive side. You know, if to be really, really good, you got to be good up front. Because if those guys are good, they make everything else easier. You can run the ball more effectively because you're going to create more seams. Um, you can throw the ball more, more effectively because you're probably going to be a little more protected. And so um, those guys being good is, like I said, probably the most important part of the game uh, or offense. And if you could build a team, that's where you'd start. And so having those guys makes everything else better. And, you know, the, the amount of reps they have together even makes it that much that, that, that much more convenient, I guess, for us as coaches because um, they've seen most things. They communicate with each other well. You know, one thing when we came here, when I came in, that we tried to do is the best we could is keep their communication the same. You know what I mean? And, and no matter what verbiage we changed from play standpoints and stuff like that, for the most part, the best we could, we tried to keep the off offensive line communication the same because we did have such an experienced group that's played so many games together. And so um, having that's been big. We've tried to build around that. Uh, I think that, you know, as an offense, we'll probably kind of go as they go because um, they're a really consistent unit with lots of reps. And uh, if they go if they go play dominantly like I think they can, I think we'll be really good. And if they struggle, we're going to struggle, to be honest with you. So um, we've kind of, you know, I think we can we can build around that group, and they're going to be a big part of uh, what we do this season. It's Bryce Ford, we can see at the ceiling. Now Bryce is super talented, and I think that he's just gotten better and better since I've been here. I think he's gotten more and more comfortable. I think yesterday. That's what I talked about the offense. What we did, what I thought we did best yesterday was hit, hit some explosives. And uh, obviously explosive plays win games. And most of those were to Bryce down the football field. And so, you know, he's big. Uh, the thing about he is to be, to be as big as he is, he moves really, really well. You know, he has almost has like a little guy skill set and a, and a giant body. And so uh, I haven't seen that very often in coaching. And so um, he, he's uh, – he can be as good as he wants to be, and I think that he's been more and more consistent. Since, you know, like I said, the consistency's gotten better and better since I've been here, not just like making plays, but more probably just having the same attitude every single day. You know what I mean? And I think that that's going to be big for him is just showing up every day, being the same guy every day, and when you do that, good things usually happen, and he's done a great job of doing that. Going back to what you said about it's hard for the quarterback to be on all the time. There's a million things a quarterback or a passing game can do, but I would imagine there's a million ways to stop it. Is it – is it hard to stop a run game that's that's going and confident, even though there's really only so many ways you can run the ball? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think it's it's um, if you're just mashing people up front, like I said, it kind of goes back to that offensive line conversation we just had. Like, if if you're mashing dudes up front and just physically dominating, it's really hard to stop, no matter what you do, you know. And so um, that's where that experienced line really is going to come in. And I think you know, kind of with that quarterback, like you said, you can give him a lot of different looks and stuff, but um, from playing the position, there's just certain days where it's like you're just off, you know what I mean? And that's – if the problem is um, if you can't run the football and he's a little bit off, and then sometimes you can come out of it after a little bit, you know, but um, you, there's there's times where uh, by the time you come out of it, you've lost the game. You know, I can remember as a player, it feels like a couple of times, especially when I was young, it's like, well, I'm playing well now, but it doesn't matter. I've already thrown four picks. You know, the game's over. But uh, – <laughs> so – that's just the way it goes, you know. And so uh, that's what I mean, you know, when, when you're having days like that uh, or if, you know, you can't hit something, if you can kind of get them, get some momentum running the football, I think that's the key is, is like I said, if, if you can get some positive things to happen, well, now you can kind of come out of it. You can relax as a quarterback and start playing at a little higher level. Uh, but but I, I do think what you said, like, you know, you can do what you want up front, but if, if uh, you're getting pushed off the ball, it's tough at that point. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, the only way to truly, I guess, stop it at that point is try to get more guys in the box, and now you're going to be really vulnerable, and you got to be able to beat it throwing the football. And so, um, yeah, I'd say that, like I said, if, if you're playing really well and you're just being more physical than the opposite team, it's going to be it's going to be tough to stop the running game. Are your running backs different enough that you know variety enough uh, that one day one might be featured one against a different team, you might feature a different one, or are they, or are they very similar? Uh, you know, I think we've got a couple that are pretty similar, and and uh, each different things. You know, I think with running backs, kind of like maybe like a you know a shooter in basketball, like just feed the hot hand. You know, what I mean, if someone every time they touch it, if they're getting a lot of yards, keep giving to that guy. Is kind of my thought on that. You know, and and especially if you got similar backs. Uh, you know, there's been times where, uh, or there's been years and times where we've had a couple guys that that we've mixed it up with, um, and then there's been times where we've had one guy that's just been pretty dominant, you know what I mean? And we, like you talked about at North Texas, Jeffrey Wilson, like we'd be crazy to take that guy off the field, you know? And so if, if you got a guy that's playing at a high level um, that you just can't take off the field, we're going to try to keep him on the field, you know? And I think, like I said, Keontae last year was, was that way for us at SC for the most part. Unless he was tired, he was just the best one with the ball in his hands. And uh, so we kept feeding him and got him as many reps he could get. Where, you know, the first couple of years, at SC, we kind of did it, but a little bit more more by committee. Um, some of that was due to injuries, and some of that was just due to like that the guys were pretty interchangeable. You know, one year I know uh, we had Vi, then we had um, we had Vi, Stephen Carr, and Marquis Step, and they were all like different games got featured more than the other. You know, and uh, it just kind of came to, down to who had the hot hand that day and and uh, who was who was playing at a high level, and so. That'll be uh, the way we approach it. Is there an advantage when trying to implement a new system? Do you look at having a little bit of a prior relationship with JT, or is it still a pretty big learning curve for both of you considering it's a new program? No, I definitely think it's an advantage, you know. Because just more than anything coming in, he has a – you're not learning a completely new, new way of doing things, you know. And uh, kind of like I said, JT's a really intelligent kid. And so when he, when he showed up, We've changed some verbiage, we've changed some signal, you know what I mean? Like we've changed a few things since he's been gone. <clears throat> and when we left SC and came here, we, we mixed a couple things up, changed the way we call certain things, the way we signal certain things. But he still remembers like, oh, that was this, that was this, that was it, you know what I mean? And so, um, like I said, he's stepping in way ahead of just a guy you took, you know, a, a normal transfer you took that you're having to teach from, from scratch, you know? And so, uh, I think having a prior relationship, him having a year of reps in the offense and uh, being familiar with what we do uh, definitely helps the calls and, and speeds up the, the, you know, his ability to play, you know, his ability to, to execute on the field. You said that going from um, your offense to Munkin's offense, I think it's the George kind of NFL style, uh -huh. that the pre-snap stuff and anticipating a defense, he anticipated that would make it better, easier for him. The air raid so much read and react. Is that valid? Is that something you can see being a point, or have you seen that already? That jumping from one system to another has kind of helped him as he's gone back to what he did before. Uh, I mean, I think it's a little early to say, like, you know, how much it's helped him or hasn't helped him. I do think, like, he's a really intelligent kid that can handle a lot of information. You know, some people, I think, um, I think at the quarterback position, one, you can overload them with information. Uh, and sometimes you can, you know, you can slow him down if you give him too much information. He's a guy that can handle a lot of information because he's an intelligent kid and can process information quickly. 
And so, uh, you know, I think him going going to that, uh, going and playing at Georgia and, and kind of doing different stuff and, and uh, I would assume having a lot more, you know, responsibility on him, especially pre-snap as far as, you know, calling protections and stuff like that uh, and ID, ID and runs or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I think, and then coming back to this, I think that will help him, you know what I mean? Just because he's, he's uh, had a lot thrown on him. And uh, here, from a standpoint, I think it helps because if he needs to make an adjustment, he can, but doesn't have to at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, we're not gonna, I'm not going to force him to do something or, or make him do things, but when he sees things that he can attack, maybe something, you know, from his past or, or from being in Georgia trigger something, he has the freedom to make those adjustments, you know. And so um, hopefully, that, like I said, the information helps. Yes, sir. So, Jordan, uh, incorporating a lot of new pieces with, you know, transfers in the back end and even Spear with old guys, you, you have to sort of be patient to do that at the start of practice? How do you handle that? Oh, yeah, you got to be patient, but you, you got to be smart um, with what you're asking them to do, mm -hmm. how you're asking them to do it, you know, do things throughout the summer to kind of get a starting point, and then move as they move, you know, um, to figure out really what you are. And so that's kind of what we're in the process uh, of. But, I mean, I'll, I've said this since <clears throat> February. I'll, I'll, you know, the pieces that are there, we really like. What do you see out of the new pieces? You know, a lot of athleticism, uh, speed, uh, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of football has been played between uh, w with those guys. Uh, whether it's Wesley, Jasir, um, Rashad, a lot of you know Mike, even there's a lot of you know, a lot of experience in some places where we needed it. So that's probably the biggest thing. Those SCS guys you got uh, come from good programs, winning programs. Did that play any role in in bringing them in, or was it just basically this is what we need, the athleticism, all that stuff fit? No, it played a big role. That okay. you know that, that's. Experience is one thing. Um, what you're, what you're accustomed to, culture-wise, is one thing, and so it definitely plays in our evaluation of those guys, and that's really important. Uh, those guys are making, most of your FCS guys are making that move for a reason, and that reason, majority of the time, is is to prove uh, something in their in the twilight of their college careers that hey, they could compete against a higher level of competition. So. When you go through that process, being a part of programs that traditionally have done what the programs those guys you mentioned are from, then yes, it does matter. Just talking to still on the phone earlier this summer, he said from the coaches he's talked to that they view the FCS transfer as almost like gold, in some ways more valuable than the Power Five guys because of you know not having you know wanting to to prove themselves and. Not having some, you know, that kind of thing. You, you see it that way, maybe? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, they, they, uh, not, not a hundred percent. Not that a lot, a lot of guys that go from um, FBS to FBS or Power Five to Power Five aren't hungry. A lot of them are, uh, but those guys tend to be very, very hungry and eager to prove, um, you know, for whatever reason, from high school or maybe it's junior college that they're at that level. Uh, there are reasons. Or there, or there are things they were told they couldn't do. Correct. 
So now they have the opportunity to show that they can do it. Um, you know, guys that have that, that mindset, that mentality, they're, they're a lot of fun to coach. Coach, how um, big is it to get back, you know, Dante Stills for this year and the year that he's going to have, especially with, you know, given all the new faces that you have on this roster, we know that you have a big anchor right up front there. I mean, he's, you know, Dante is one of the most talented young men, if not college football, in, in Big 12. And so anytime you can get a talent like that back, it's obviously a plus. You know, for him, the biggest the biggest growth uh, is is the awareness of what he has to do. So, and that shows up from off-season training um, to the summer, the OTAs, player workouts, um, and up to this point through through two practices. Um, that's that's the biggest thing is to see him grow. Um, that care, he's obviously a, a, a guy that young kids look up to. They know who he is. They've known who he is for a long time. Whether it's they're fans of West Virginia or they were just recruits, they knew you know guys know who he is, and um, so to see that uh, and for him to be aware of what he the growth he had to make um, shows a lot of maturity, and so you know it's it's good for us, no doubt. But I, I think that the the bigger the bigger point, the biggest thing is what it's going to do for him and and his career. So. You know, I mean, we – it's – it's, you know, Jared has shown a lot of growth in the last two days on very, very simple things. Um, pad level leverage, just basic football fundamentals. Um, along uh, – you know, so has Linnell, but Jared really stood out on a couple of things yesterday. Um, you know, and, you know, if I look at it, just, you know, Jared is, is kind of the utility guy. We can use him in a, a lot of different places. Um, Linnell is probably more of a pass rusher. Um, Eric Burton, young player, um, I think has put on maybe 11 pounds this offseason. So he, he's going to get there. He's not there yet, but he's going to get there. Um, and then we're moving, you know, a couple of pieces back and forth. Tor Simmons is a guy that gives us a little more, um, a little more size and strength over there when we need it. Um, but you know they they've shown a lot. They've had a great summer, a lot of promise, a lot of a lot of um, <clears throat> you know, not only learning the scheme but how they can use the scheme for their benefit on on certain things, um, which is what we were always able to do uh, with a couple all conference players years ago. Um, you know the guys could once they figured it out, and I think I think both those guys are really starting to do that this summer, and so through two days, which is. You know shells. I mean, you you don't see a whole lot. So, if that carries over though into the season, how much more does that let you use the bandit the way that I don't want to say it's supposed to be, but with all the varied roles that it can have in this defense, how much more does that open that up for you to use? Well, I mean, at its base, it's three, four outside back. You know, and and you know until they. Honestly, until they master, until we, we feel good about the, the the things that that position does, um, really probably won't do a whole lot with it. Uh, but I think that that what I've seen through the end of summer and in, and in the fall, I think they'll get to that point where we can do some different things. But right now, quite honestly, I'm not, you know, rush the passer, play the run, focus on your base drops, and then we'll move on from there. 
in that position to have somebody that's versatile? I mean, I guess if you have somebody that's a good pass rusher, it kind of tips off what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You have a guy that's a good run support, kind of tips off. So you want to have a guy that's pretty versatile for that position, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you look at three, four outside backers throughout NFL and college, you know, that's what they are. Um, I think if you put a primary role with it, it is a pass rusher, but they also have to have some savvy and some – um, and their drops and, and know how to – when you do have them play any type of man, how you play that. They have to, they have, to have some – little bit of just football knack about them. Um, the thing that, that a lot of times that you look for is, is that people really don't think about anymore. They always lump it in pass rushing is, is blitz, blitz ability. And so that's something um, that you look for, which most of the time is pretty simple, you know. Um, but, come you know, coming off the edge. But, you know, and these, yeah, the more versatile, the better. But there's You're also – a pretty special player. Right, correct. I mean, there's, but there's also some intangibles you're going to, you know, link to something you're going to want to have there. Obviously, speed, but it's not, you know, the most important thing. And um, Obviously, and then you got to have the size and the power to do what a D lineman may have to do at times. And so, it is a versatile player. Um but you gotta you gotta have you gotta play to whatever their strengths are when when you recruit a guy. Also, you know that you can't ask him to do what somebody can't do. I don't think anybody would argue that the quarterback is the most important player offensively. In your defense, is there equivalently to the quarterback? Mike linebacker. The Mike linebacker. Uh, how, how so? That's your, I mean, that's your quarterback. You know, it's really. Your defense goes usually as that guy goes, and if I look, I look through just the history of the game, from you know Mike Singletary to Ray Lewis, you know they're um, that's what they are. They're 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 the physical leader, they're the emotional leader, um, and maybe I'm a little bit old school in that fact, but I just that's the way I've always seen it. Like that's your that's your quarterback. Now in our defense, the Mike and the Bandit, and usually with one of the safeties kind of always work together to communicate what's going on. So um, you have a couple of voices in there, but I mean, if you if you single out one guy that's quarterback, it's a Mike linebacker. I assume you have ways of protecting the middle linebacker, uh, keeping guys off. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but I hope I have a guy I don't need to protect too, you know, and I hope. And I don't think Lee Coburn needs protected a whole bunch. Um, but yeah, you do. You try to do certain things to get, to keep that guy's Keep that guy clean um, as much as you can in the run game. <clears throat> to not put him in stressful situations, run and pass conflict. That's what, that's a big um, that's a big thing into you know with today's offenses. And so yeah, you try to protect him, but like I said, you also you know hopefully you don't have a guy that you have to that can can get in there and, and thump when he needs to. So new guy, new guy comes in and he has to assume that role like Lee like Lee is doing. Is that does that make it harder, or how does he handle that? You know, it's really about the personality of whoever you bring in. You know, I think it took Lee about a day to where people were like, yeah, that's, you know, that's probably a guy who can step in and people listen to. When he talks, people listen. And that's important. You know, that's, that's again, that's part of the evaluation process. You tell all those intangibles. If you're looking at that just like you would look at a quarterback, you want a guy that's got a little something about him. Um, and you look for the same thing in the Mike linebacker, and that's and, and when you find that it's a pretty easy transition because when he opens his mouth, other people close their mouth. 
And that's what you that's at least what we look for. He looks like a big twelve Mike linebacker. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing too. <laughs> <laughs> What's his progress been like from spring through now? Uh, fundamentally a lot better, you know, just, and, and that's, that's typical of any junior college kid, no matter what their eligibility is. And just knowing that from the other side of thing, the other side of things with junior college players, the transition is it, and it really doesn't matter. I mean, obviously it's power, power five, but any, anytime they take that next step up, um, the transition is, is right out of the gate is usually a difficult one, which is fine. It's totally natural. But the biggest transition is the, the, the little bitty fundamental things that each position has to do, offense, defense, and special teams, right? So um, that was probably the biggest struggle in the spring with him. And through the summer, uh, has made tremendous strides with his fundamental game, his footwork, his hand placement, his pad level, just all just little bitty things. Following up on that a little bit, is it easier or more difficult to teach or break habits for a guy that's been at a JUCO or has been in another school a couple of years versus the freshman that's coming straight out of high school, you know, that you have to break down maybe some guys that have been elsewhere before to fix some issues they might have with technique? Yeah, I mean, I think the things, you know, you, all, you always see the things, or you're trying to find the things that you can fix uh, in evaluation process. What I mean by that is, you know, if I, if I look at Lee's evaluation, and he's a kid that plays hard, is extremely passionate, and extremely plays fast, plays physical, right? And those are those are about three or four things. Quite honestly, it's hard to change if they don't if they don't do them, right? The rest of it, um, you know, and coachability, I guess, would be the next thing. But if they are that, then it's it's pretty easy to get into. And hey, you know, your your drops. This it's pretty easy to change those habits. There's certain ones that aren't, in which we try to you just try to avoid that on the front end. Um, you know, it's hard to change a guy that won't play hard. At least that's my opinion. Um, so hopefully you don't have to break those habits just by the guy that you're you're going after. But um, obviously not the case with Lee. Um, but you know those habits just depending on how uh, how long they've been at one spot. You know, how long they've had the same coach, the level of of their program, you know, somewhat depends on uh, and, and the success of it. Because obviously when programs are successful, there's a reason they're successful. They have certain habits, right? So you may, those may be a little little harder to break. And, yeah, and, and quite honestly, if they work for them, you may allow some of those, to, allow them to keep them if it fits within what you're trying to do, which is totally fine. So, um, you know, the, the – the things you look at, like I said, that you that you don't want to have to break. Probably not. Probably not bringing that guy. Probably not bringing that guy in. When you've had as much turnover as you have on the defensive side of the ball, how much has it helped to have the? You said it only took about a day for people to have as a leader back there as your quarterback in the defense. How how impactful is that? I know you're only two days in. Right. Well, when you find guys, you know the the word that sticks out when I think about Lee is his mentality. And when you have guys like that, turnover is, is fine, quite honestly, because that's going to be an easy transition. Because his mentality is how he plays the game and that he's, he, that he's eager to learn 
everything that Coach Kuntz says, that I say, you know, whoever it is, special teams, Coach Wright, anybody, doesn't matter. Um, he's eager. And so if you turn over a guy every two years, if they have the mentality he has, then it's, it's probably, you know, it's a, it, it's a lot easier. So, you know, and, and then, uh, again, turnover, that's it's a part of college ball now. So it's just something you have to deal with. Um, and go back to the evaluation of, of the same guys w with the transfer. When you need to go that route, what exactly are you looking for? And, and the guys that we brought in or we feel are exactly that. So that turnover becomes a little bit easier because of what you know, you're, what, specifically what you know you're trying to go get, whether, you know, portal or junior college-wise. So if you don't, you know, if you just go at it blind, well, then it's probably a little harder. You mentioned OTAs, really helpful um, to where you are right now. How did you take advantage of it, and how much further are you now than you would have been, say, last year without them? You know, it's really good just for your, your base installation and what you're trying to do, the foundations of your defense, um, you know, from the call down to the alignment to the key to the technique and all those little things you're trying to teach. And... It, it gets you ahead as far as the language that you're speaking in every single drill. But you really don't, quite honestly, or we don't, go beyond that because maybe one of these days they put us in flags and yeah. that's how, well, tomorrow, then every, you know, you're, you're still at square one when, you know, when you're able to get pads on and play football. So lining up and that part of Correct. it. Correct. That helps. That's right. So you, you get, were able to hit the ground running. That's that right. And, and you know, a lot of times, though, if you hit the ground running, especially with what with the turnover he's talking about, if you run too far, then you got to come back. Yeah. You know, and so that's what we tried to do with our guys is, hey, stay within what we think we need to be. Let's get really good at that, and then we'll move on to the next thing when we need to move on to the next thing. And so I think that that, that approach really – has been good for this group. This group, you, yes. collectively, are they digesting? Are they processing the things they need to through two days? You really haven't done much, but other than, is this a group that you think that's that you're like? Yeah, I you know I think so. Yeah. You know, I very rarely or or a coach or myself talking to the group where everybody's not right there, and that's a that's a big thing. You know, they listen. They're eager to learn. Um, you know, they're hungry. And does that, you know, equate to being, to being great or wins? I, I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I know that, that this group is, this group's fun to coach. Yeah, every defensive coach I ever talked to, it's, it's not what I know, it's what my guys know. Sure. Yeah, so. And I'm not going to play a snap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because it wouldn't look very good. Yeah, I mean, you, you can um, – any information, you know, that like a, like a new kid we give them is just that. You, you can't substitute for experience. So, go goes back to him asking about the habits. Like, that that's fine, especially at this level. You may change a few of them, but you just – you cannot uh, mimic that the experience they have. 
whether it's FCS, FBS, Group of Five, Power Five, it don't matter. They have college football experience. And so you, you hope they do. You hope they lean on that because the same – maybe the same kid, same height, same weight, same speed at a high school level, he does not have that to lean on. Everything's moving extremely fast to him. Everybody is his talent level, his speed, his strength, everything. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player. He just – his learning curve is a little sharper than the guy with experience. So, yeah, they, they, they'll lean on that, and that's fine. Freshman you have coming on the defensive side of the ball, we're pretty celebrated recruits, but I mean, they can play in the most years because it puts such an emphasis on immediate help in a few positions. Um, I just wonder how different the game is at this time of year, coaching and trying to keep eyes on new people who have limited eligibility and you got them for a reason versus players who are talented, but maybe it's later rather than sooner. And then, oh, by the way, there's a transfer portal out there, and who knows how kids react. It, it, there's a whole lot of plates spinning there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really it, exactly compare your question to what he just what he just asked is um, the experience side of things. Like you know, those guys are going to lean, especially guys that are that are here for a reason and probably here for you know six months to a year. Um, yeah, they're going to lean on that experience, and 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 that's fine. Um, to where the, the the kid coming out of high school. Um, you know, we try to do some things where we make sure that we maximize the reps that we're trying to get and so that the evaluation is exactly the same. Uh, and I think the majority of high school kids that, that come in and maybe aren't ready in game one, if they see exactly why and, that, and, and you explain to them the why, then they're more likely to understand it rather than just, hey, you know, you got two reps, you're not ready. And we're not going to do that. You know, we have it set up to where, like I said, the reps and the valuation, the numbers are the same. And, you know, I mean, that's – again, that's part of college football now. You have to plan for it. You got to deal with it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the worst thing that, in my opinion, I think you can do for a young man is if when he's not ready is put him out there and now his confidence is – not what it needs to be. When if he knows on the front end where he stands and he's got the reps and the video that you've showed him and proved to that, then he then he probably understands it. And, and and every kid wants to play. Like I understand. Like I get that. You know. But if they understand when they're ready, uh, when they are, and when they're not, then probably more likely to uh, to for that guy to hang around. Thanks, coach. Thanks, guys.